tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. He's Brett Terpstra. Brett, how are you? I am. It's it's fr- We're recording on Friday. We usually record a day or two early, but we went all the way to Friday this time. So I am in the Friday mood. I have no idea what's going on. I've let go of everything. I'm an empty void. Yeah, I I've had like the. It's been a crazy week for me because as I was telling you before, like I, as I mentioned last week on our episode, I um, Microsoft built this week. And so that means that even though like my shift was like the final hosting shift was like the final shift of the of the um, event. So I was I like my call time was 930 p.m. And then I left the studio at like eight o'clock a.m. Um, the following day. So that was Wednesday night to Thursday morning the whole week was still taken up with with doing pre stuff, doing some pre records and doing some other things. And so I've been hands down with that. And then as soon as build ended, I got like an hour and a half of sleep. And then I jumped on an airplane and um, flew to Atlanta and arrived last night, got a rental car. And so Grant and I are in Atlanta, uh, hopefully to visit with the baby. The baby is not here right now. And my sister's being incommunicado, which is typical of her. Uh, so um, I, I hope I, I mean, we're going to see the baby because if I have to drive to her house, like just unilaterally make the decision, like after we finish recording our podcast, because I didn't fly all this way to not see a baby. But was, what, anyway, weren't you in Atlanta just like two weeks ago? I was, I was, and she really didn't want me to leave. And so I'm here and now she's being like incommunicado. So you must really like either babies or your sister. I don't like either is the thing. Like, uh, but I do like this baby, but I, I just felt like she needed, me here. Grant wanted to meet the baby. We had, you know, long weekend. So I booked a flight. She really didn't want me to leave when, when I left. And so I felt like bad. And so I immediately like booked a flight, like to be as good as possible for that stuff. And you're a good sister. I try, I try, but anyway, so I've never been there in that regard for either of my siblings. We don't have close relationships. It's very, I mean, very surface level. I'm better friends with some of my like friends than I am with my own siblings. Oh, I mean, that's 100% true for me. Like it, it, that's completely accurate. But uh, and the same would be true for her, right? Like I, she's absolutely better friends with some of her, um, you know, people in her life than with me. But I don't know. This is different. Um, this is this is a more unique situation. And I don't know. I just felt like I needed to be there and it was the right thing to do. So I'm here. So I'm a little bit frazzled as well. So I apologize to the listeners for that. I'm actually recording this on my mom's laptop because I was trying to help get her password situation under control. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that when we talk about tech things. She has a system where she has a notes file that is very long where she's basically recreated the one password app where she has like her username (laughs) and password and a unique password for each thing. And I'm like, mom, I, I got you a one password account like a year and a half ago. She's never used it. So I'm just going to have to go through and manually move everything over and then convince her, okay, you use this app now. This is where you enter your passwords. And look, it'll autofill things for you when you're in the web or in an app. Anyway. So I got I got L1Password. I think I – all I know is I, I, I strongly recommended that she use 1Password. And then she tried to get started and she got – confused i don't but it is like i've been using one password since like the aughts and i don't remember how to get started with one password so i was like zero help with like oh here's here's how you get going with it um i kept meaning to like i'm sure the documentation is great uh agile does wonderful with agile bits now does wonderful with that stuff i just never found the uh the the getting started tutorial to get her on board. Yeah, I think that that is the hard thing at this point for people. Um, one of the problems too is that, at least from my perspective, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I think that at this point, like when we started using it, um, you might have had passwords saved in your web browser that it could import, and you might have had um, passwords like like at like Apple had a version of keychain then but it wasn't it was different you know than it is now like it didn't sync things quite the same way and so 
like you had stuff like that. And now so many people use like iCloud keychain that doesn't let you export your passwords. Like you can't just import it easily. Whereas like, I, like if you, if you use like LastPass, right? Like if that's what you were using and you started using one password, like there's a very easy way where you could import your old LastPass files and they would walk you through that process and then all your passwords would be there. But if you're using iCloud keychain or you're using a mix of that, there's not a way to do that, which I, on the one hand, I understand cognitively that Apple would want to make that difficult. On the other hand, I absolutely don't understand why I can't get a CSV file or even a password protected file that I have to enter a password for, for the application to even access. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're my files. It's my passwords. I can view it when I enter in my password and I'm going manually through my keychain, at least on a Mac on iOS. I have no access to any of the contents of certain things in my keychain, like my SSIDs on wireless networks or some other things, right? Like I have no access to that, which is beyond frustrating um, and and uh, completely kills the whole like idea of, oh, yeah, you can totally use an iPad as your only computer. Yeah, sure. If you don't want to, uh, if, if you want to use third party you know, tools for a lot of other things, including a password manager so that you know what your, you know, um, wireless ID passwords are when you go someplace, if you need to access it from a different device, which, hey, shocker, people do sometimes. Um, but yeah, but they don't like, I, I understand not wanting to make it super easy to export your keychain, but at the same time, I feel like it's a advanced user features. Like you should make it possible. It should be something that, you know, other applications given permission, if you enter in like the password around the password project file can have access to like data portability. I don't know, call me, Call me a freak, but I kind of feel like that's an important thing, especially with something like your passwords. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think the the idea is if you can export a CSV of your passwords, so can someone else. And so we yes. make, we and, make and, that and impossible. I that. And, and I understand that. I guess my point is you should still be able to export a CSV that is encrypted or have some sort of other encrypted format where applications like a password manager that you dr- you trust and allow in your store and you know that your employees use and other stuff like one password if again given the authentication and using the password that it needs to decrypt it could have access to so it could import that information like there'd be a way around that is all my point is like i understand cognitively why you would want to make that difficult i don't understand why it's not even a possibility like even through a command line thing like i i understand again maybe like even if you made it a command line flag feature, fine, but because you don't want people to, to do that. But I don't know. Sometimes this is one of those things that is, and it happens. It's been happening more and more uh, frequently over I, I would say the last five or six years. But Apple goes into I feel like the mode of where they, you know, they're they're being parental in a way that I don't think is helpful to users. So like you're making you're making decisions for me that might be good for let's say 75% of the audience, because at this point, I don't even think the decisions are good for like 95% of the audience. I really do feel like for certain thing, for certain edge cases, it's like a 75% thing. I think some things are, you can't just write off as a power user thing. You, it literally becomes like a, um, like a, a, a paper cut for normal people who don't know any better. And they're like, why can't I do this? And that to me is a paper cut, but you're making these decisions. You have good intentions, but by locking stuff down so much and, and being like arbitrary about it, you are really preventing people from using their devices the way that they should be able to use them. Did you, do you know about the security command? No, I don't. In in Apple's BSD Unix, there's a a security command that gives you command line access to the keychain. Oh uh, yeah, that I did know about. Yes, yes. And once you'll have to unlock your keychain one time, but you can use it in scripts to like I use it to get my pseudo password. Like I store the pseudo password in keychain and then from right. the command line, when the script runs once, I have to unlock the keychain and then anytime it runs after that, I can run scripts with uh yes. with pseudo capabilities and it has right. export features as well. Okay, so there could conceivably be a way to copy all of your yeah. IDs or whatever to something scripted and then export it. Yeah. Okay, so so that seems like that's the solution. And that's all I would want, right? It just seems weird to me that you could potentially do that. There could potentially be a way where you could write that even, but there isn't using 
you know, the security feature or even using like the way that you would access Keychain from the command line where you could just export a CSV of all of your data. Like, like that just to me. There is a security export command, but I don't know in what format it exports. Um, pass for, yeah, anyway, I, I won't try to figure it out right now, but, uh, but yeah, we, we should do an episode on password managers. Oh wait, I think we just did. I think we just did. I mean, one password is still my choice, but yeah, anyway, so anyway, I'm on my mom's computer. That was my long <laughs> segue. And so like 10 minutes later, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Brett, how are you? Let's get a mental health corner update and, and a job update. Sure. I can do that. Um, we have a new listener, uh, maybe only one, but, uh, my coworker, Aaron has started listening to overtired. Uh, she Hi, has, Aaron. she has only heard the most recent episode. So she has no idea what your Wikipedia like knowledge of 90210 sounds like yet. <laughs> Aaron, you are in for a treat, especially if you love nineties era teen soaps. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah, I don't know where she stands on the teen soap stuff. I'm going to guess um, she is more on my side of that than yours. But I think everyone <sighs> everyone can enjoy like the absolute uh, insanity of your depth of knowledge of those things. Yeah, I think I honestly I feel like it's one of those things that like people you hear it and you're like, OK, I didn't care anything about any of these shows or any of these actors or any of this stuff. However, the fact that one person does know all this stuff for whatever reason, is interesting. So At least I hope. regarding my mental health, I I had a, like, my bipolar, I hit a, like a depression without going manic first, which is, I can't remember that ever happening before. Like the mania always precedes the depression. And this time I just had like four days of not deep depression, just like, I didn't want to be in my office. It felt like a real chore to get down there. I just wanted to sit on the couch and watch TV, which I know to some people just sounds like laziness, but like it's, it's clinical. Um, but like immediately following that, I had one day of like hypomanic and then back to normal. It was weird. Uh, it's a little unsettling that, that my patterns would change right as I'm trying to hold down a day job, but. It also worked out fine because I can do my job when I'm mildly depressed. And I happen to be, I, I think I'm really good at my new job. Yay. Yeah. It's really awesome to hear. I'm really happy about that. I, uh, Yay. I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing out those 90 services that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks and have like a whole system, my own like markdown syntax for keeping notes and writing out uh, blurbs and rocking and rolling on that and starting to work on a GitHub uh, action-based Jekyll workflow pipeline. It's yeah, we're having, we're having fun. I feel like, I feel like I can, I can do this. That's awesome. I'm very excited about that. And I'm also, I'm actually excited. I think you're going to, I don't know how much you've played with GitHub actions. They're totally your shit though. I, I actually have not, like I've worked with Travis and Jenkins, but I've never tried to like what I basically need to do is replicate some Travis workflows in GitHub Actions. And I haven't explored yeah. it enough to know if that's entirely feasible or not. For most of the stuff you're going to want to do, yes, there might be some edge cases where you're not. In that case, I can definitely put you in contact with the right people who would love your feedback on ways they can make actions better because I know the actions team. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think you're going to like it. Like the the way that it's been thought about and the way that they are done the setup with GitHub Actions, I think has been actually really nice and clever. And what's nice too is that people publish their other their their actions. You don't have to. You can keep them private, of course. But people have collections and have actions on uh, GitHub. And so sometimes if you find things like you can like look through and be like, oh, okay, I see how they did this, and I want to replicate this myself, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think I'll have fun with it. Also, it's not entirely on my shoulders, which is like uh, every it's I, I've been working solo for so long. It's weird to have a team um, like a it's weird that everything goes slower because you have to get agreement from multiple people. 
But mm-hmm. B, it's nice to have like a fallback if you can't figure something out. There's someone to step in and help you out, which is the plus side of having a team. Yeah, it really is. It's nice when you're realizing, oh, I'm not the only person who has to do this. Yeah, it doesn't live and die by me. It will get done regardless. And as I'd mentioned to you before, and I don't know how much you've been able to pick up on this because it sounds like you've been working really hard, which is awesome. But things do like not to say you don't have deadlines, not to say that there aren't sprints and there aren't periods with like you're in crunch time. But in general, it's it's interesting to me, especially working like at big corporations, like how much slower things work. So slow. Right. Right. Like that's the thing, like uh, a project that in your mind, you'd be like, oh, OK, I've got to get this done in, you know, a couple of days. And it's like it could be a month. Yeah, it'll be a couple of days before it even shows up as a JIRA ticket. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And and then you have to make your Confluence page to track it. Yeah, yeah, Confluence and JIRA are, uh, are, I don't think they are amazing uh, systems to begin with, but I also have to use them over the VPN, which is super slow for me right now. Yeah, the VPN is still... uh, An issue? Yeah, like I I tried to completely remove Cisco AnyConnect from my machine and just use Shimo, but mm-hmm. that messed up routing tables. Some it it like uh AnyConnect overwrites routing tables and I don't know enough about this shit to figure out how to undo it. So I had to reinstall AnyConnect and then use Shimo instead of AnyConnect, but with AnyConnect's um uh global daemons running. So it, it's weird, and I don't understand what I'm doing, and I'm sh- I'm taking shots in the dark trying to figure out split tunneling, and yeah, there's got to be a way to make this work, but I haven't found it yet. I, I trust that you will, and maybe uh, Aaron or any of your other co-workers who listen, maybe like more people can come through, like uh, uh, the guy uh, last week who gave you the insight. He, he is still helping me. We we have a Slack See? going. I think See? he love it. I think he underestimates my lack of networking knowledge. Um, I, I, I have to look up, I have to look up what he says means. I have Mm -hmm. to look up what, what he says means, and then go back to him and say, I need to understand how to implement this. And he's been very patient. Uh, but I've not been, I, I, I feel like I've not been able to implement the advice he's given me in the way he expected to at this point. You'll get there. You'll get there. I mean, th- and this stuff is all like, it, yeah, um, I haven't had to do VPN tunnels in a really long time. But I don't know, for me, maybe you're different on this. Maybe you retain it better. For networking, for whatever reason, I will go really nerdy and really deep and totally understand what I'm doing at the moment I'm doing it. And then it like totally leaves my mind, except for little snippets, bits and pieces later on like it's just one of those things that for whatever reason i can't hang on to yeah no i've never i've never gone deep like i just don't have the interest like you start talking about network masks and i'm already gone like yeah i just i don't care i just want to turn on my computer and use the internet and i don't i just don't want to have to care about that stuff no, I, I totally, I, I understand that. I um, one of the, I, I mentioned this in our last episode when we were talking about stuff. Like one of the reasons that I, when I was getting into having to learn about different Azure stuff, like we had this big tour that we did, Microsoft Ignite the tour, and and I ended up traveling all over the world for it, which was great. And we were coming to crunch time, and this was one of those genuine crunch time things where we really could have used another couple of weeks, but we didn't have it, and we needed to create content for the first leg of the tour. But the way that the content was designed is it wasn't just like I'm giving a presentation. I was like, I was writing a presentation that other people also had to be able to give. So it had to be a more uh, generic isn't the right word, but I guess more adaptable. Like it was presentation in a box is how Oracle refers to it. Yeah, basically, that's kind of what our situation was too. And so you know, which changes the way you're writing it. Because if I know that if I'm the one who's giving it and it's only going to be me, then I can go super dense on something and and do other things. But instead, I'm having to write it in a different way because it needs to be adaptable for other people and especially people in other languages, right? Because it might be translated. But, um, and I was volunteering to help out and I took, you know, one of the the talks, which was easy to do. And then there was another one I could have taken, which would have been really easy for me to, to pick up on and do as well. But instead, like they really needed somebody to do the Azure networking thing. And I was like, I have no 
clue. I don't even know where to start. And I somehow became the content lead and the lead presenter and had to just like go deep into the fundamentals of Azure networking. And there was just a bunch of stuff that I really didn't understand. And it was even after I wrote the talk and the talk was correct, but it was like people would ask me follow-up questions and I wouldn't know. And I didn't know at first. I then did get to know, but it was one of those things where I was like just totally out of my band like at first, but it was a really good learning experience. And I did it on purpose because I knew that I had no interest and that there was no way that I would ever learn anything about Azure networking if I weren't forced to. And I'm glad I did though, to be honest. Yeah. Sounds educational. Well, I mean, it's useful in context that you might not even know. I don't know. It's just sometimes learning a skill when you don't want to. I don't know. There's there's value in that. Not to say you will get additional value of knowing how to be able to tunnel through, through things and, and make stuff work. Having said that, once you figure it out and you document it for yourself in whatever way, you will. there will become a time, I, I guarantee you, where you'll be helping someone else yeah. do this same thing, which will then in you will then be like, okay, well, this was worth it. Because I help someone else go through what I was going through. That sounds very true. That has the ring of truth to it. Um, I need to clear the air about something. What's that? Our sponsor today is an air purifier. You're welcome. Here all week. Um, so we're all spending try a... Try fish. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, try the try fish. Try the fish. <laughs> We're all spending a lot more time indoors, but did you know that indoor air can be up to five times worse than outdoor air, according to the EPA? That's why Molecule, that's Molecule with a K, is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Global air pollution is worsening at an ever-increasing rate. Over 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality below the World Health Organization standards. With so many of us spending so much more time at home, clean indoor air is more important than ever. So, until now, air purifiers have attempted to collect pollutants on filters where they can multiply and be released back into the air. Molecule's Pico technology doesn't just collect pollutants, it destroys them. Molecule's Pico technology and filtration systems have been rigorously tested and verified by third-party labs and are scientifically proven to destroy pollutants. Molecule believes in scientific disclosure and makes testing and scientific data public. Molecule air purifiers don't look like other purifiers. They're beautifully designed. Not only is the technology inside revolutionary, but the units themselves look sleek and modern. Made with premium materials and minimalist sensibilities, it complements any room in your home or office, all while destroying viruses, mold, allergens, and bacteria discreetly and effectively. For a limited time, save up to $120 on Molecule air purifiers by visiting Molecule.com, that's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and using the promo code OVERTIRED. That's $120 you can save. And enjoy free shipping and a 30-day at-home trial on your order. Just use the code OVERTIRED at Molecule.com. Fantastic. I even shortened that read. It felt like a, it felt like a bit of a long read. A little bit, a little bit, but not not too bad. Not horrible. I've done worse. We we spent ten minutes on a sponsor once. Yeah, that's true, and they were not happy about that, oh, as, as I recall. They were very upset. If I had if I had known, I would have saved the time. We would have just done the read. I I really thought they were going to like that. You're overachiever. What can I say? We're yeah. trying too much. Yeah. So you uh y- y- you had a a thing on last week's list that we didn't get to that I have no idea where this goes but uh my note my note just says shit post domain. Yes, this is actually a fun story. All right. So about 18 months ago when the WeWork fiasco was happening, how how up to date are you? Do you remember the WeWork scandal? Uh I remember that I remembered it last week and I've already forgotten. So fill me in. Okay, so WeWork is, well, it still is, um, you know, it's a co-working facility and its founder and longtime CEO is this guy, Adam Newman, who is, um, he's interesting. Okay, so let me put this in perspective. So his wife's cousin is Gwyneth Paltrow. And let's just say that they share a lot of the same kind of new agey sort of stuff, except that Adam Newman and his wife, Rebecca Newman, go to like a whole other crazy ass level. Like it makes Goop kind of look like child's play to be completely honest with That's you right scary 
it kind of is. And so um, he was uh, ousted from the company because it was trying to go public for a long time. It wasn't able to for, for a variety of reasons, which are both interesting, but that I can't remember. There is a documentary, I believe, on Hulu that you can watch that goes into some of the the um, rise and fall of this. They raised like billions of dollars, had this massive valuation. He was personally, you know, like stake in the company was was worth, I don't remember how many billions, but it was, it, it was a lot. Um, and, but he would do some bananas things. Like he was held once, like he insisted on flying with a bunch of weed to Israel and, uh, getting high on the plane. And then there was like an arrest that happened. There was some other crazy stuff. Uh, he, uh, their mission statement for their S1 started out by saying like, like we are the energy of we or whatever. Like it was this just ridiculous mission statement for the aborted S1 that didn't happen. And it was just like genuinely bonkers. And so when I was recording an episode of Rocket and we were recounting this for a, a Scamtown segment, uh, we had a sponsor, a uh, domain registrar sponsored us. And so I registered the domain energyofwe.com because I thought it was hilarious. And... Fast forward 18 months and somebody from domain agents, let me make sure I got that right, because I do actually want to give them props. This is not sponsored in any way, I will point out, but I did work with them. I'd never worked with them before and it was a complete like they came through my registrar's um, cloaking service and sent me a, a thing that said, hey, we have somebody who's interested in buying this domain. And the initial offer was like 300 bucks or something. And I was going to negotiate that just to see if I could get it to 500. Not that I would have been mad at 300, but I was just you know curious. I forgot to do that. And then like a few days later, they automatically upped their offer to 525, which means I probably could have even asked for more. But at that point, I was just like, no, I'm done. That's fine. That's sure. cool. So uh, something that I bought and then renewed because I for, I just had it on auto renew. So it renewed once, um, but I just totally, it was a total shitpost thing. And I actually had it where I had the the domain redirect to that episode of the podcast. And um, I um, just like forgot about it. And uh, it was a very nice little serendipity thing where, oh yeah, here, here we go. Our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. <laughs> That was like how the how how the uh, S one started, <laughs> but um, it, it was just like the most ridiculous thing. Uh, like that, like their their S one was just literally like one of the most bananas things. Like our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. Philosophically, we believe we believe in bringing comfort and happiness to the workplace. Um, it, it's just crazy. But they called these things the energy of we, and I have no idea who bought it, what their purpose was, but somebody wanted energyofwe.com. so I sold it and I used escrow.com, which I'd never used before to sell something. And uh, I was very impressed with the whole process. Like it went through very quickly. I got paid very quickly, and I'm happy with that. So you're saying there's a future in domain squatting. Oh, well, clearly there is, uh, as we've known, but I've never been on the other side of this. Like I've, I've never been able to, to, to take advantage of the domain, um, uh, squatting before. So I was, uh, if I you, was very happy about that. Like it's a, it's kind of a futures, uh, market where if you are paying attention to pop culture and you catch those oh, things yeah. and you have the money to put down on the domains, especially the, 100%. the non- dot com tlds you could probably you could probably make it like a whole investment kind of thing oh yeah and i think people do um i think we'd actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about some of the the dns ways that people have been able to um get over things with internal networks like microsoft had to buy domain yeah um uh, or, or corp corp.com that's what they had to buy they had to buy the corp.com domain because people were the guy who who owned it wanted to sell it and was because it was such a big, you know, honeypot potentially for people to take over and, and do bad things for people who had, you know, misconfigured uh, exchange servers and and uh, SharePoint servers that you know, Microsoft, who, I don't know how much they had to pay. I don't think they paid what the guy wanted, but I'm sure they paid you know, more than they wanted to pay. I have no insight into that, incidentally, but they did the right thing anyway. Yeah, I'm sure that if squatting on it, you can do well there's weird i know i can work some weird ways when it comes to like trademark enforcement and other stuff and there are certain people who can get domains taken away and if you have more money to fight things then you can 
you know, do it better. And, and there've been, um, especially for, uh, more generic terms, like that can be a difficult thing to do. There've been interesting lawsuits about that, but yeah, I mean, this was just literally just cause I buy shit post domains all the time and, and sometimes I renew them. Sometimes I don't, but I, I would say I actually did not make any money. If you counted all the money I've wasted on domains over the years, the five twenty five I made, like I maybe broke even maybe, yeah. but probably not. Uh, but it was still fun for me because, I totally forgotten that I even had it. And I was like, okay, cool. I own markdown.rocks. Oh, that's good. No one has ever asked me for it. I also owned failed.dev, which I <laughs> uh, think is good, right? Yeah, I see a lot of potential for that. I, I see. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Uh, listeners, please give me your suggestions because I do want to do something fun with that. But I have failed.dev. Uh, I have some other fun ones, but that's probably the most fun one that I have. Um there's a Twitter account called Shit User Stories. Have you ever read those? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I'll link that for anyone who's looking for a good time. Um, yeah, like I have a whole bunch of domains that no one will ever ask for, but I had like at some point clever ideas for. And then like, you know, the year the renewal comes up and you're like, well, I could let it go because I've never done a damn thing with it. Or I could just give myself another year for, you know, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. I'll, and so I've just hung on to this. Maybe I think I have maybe have 50, 50 domains. That's not excessive by some standards, but it's that's that's easily 100 bucks. I'm paying just to keep Average the ideas year. alive. No, I, I have the same problem. And okay, actually, this is this is a good segue because this is an idea that I've had for years. An app used to already exist that did this and it doesn't anymore. It was sold and then it was kind of abandoned. And there are some other people who have done some things, but it should be relatively simple. And it's it's a project I've wanted to kind of do for a while now. Where Do you remember the the app domain, um, uh, domain brain? Uh, that's ringing a bell, yes. So one of oh, the guys- Oh, yeah, I do remember that, totally. Yeah. So one of the guys from I Icon Factory did it originally. And it was like this. Just, it's very simple. It's just a database app that has all of your domain names, your passwords when the things expire, web server details, if, if that was associated, which was really nice. Because the thing is, is that my domains are spread across three different registrars. Yep. Well, four, technically. Uh, most of them are with Namecheap. But and a few of them hover. are. Yeah. A couple. Oh, five then. Hover. Google domains, because for things like .dev, you had to. Yeah. Um, I have a few with Porkbun because some of theirs were just cheaper. Um, and then my Christina.is, which is a, a domain that I, I very much use, I had to register that with an Icelandic um, uh, IS, I, um, right. registrar. Like, like, that's who I have to do that through. So sometimes I forget, like, what domains I own and, like, which one it's on. Like, I, I in a perfect world, I would have them all with one registrar. But sometimes... The price variances are not minor. And when you were talking about, you know, 50 to 70 domains, like that can add up over time, right? Like it just, it, especially if you are sitting on project ideas and even if you're doing nothing with them, it's just one of those things. So I've wanted for a long time to just kind of basically steal the idea of what, you know, domain brain was, but, but maybe not even have all the features, but maybe have more, maybe have less, whatever, but just have like a nice like database of just where I can just keep track of all the domains that I buy. And in an ideal world, the way it would work is that I could sign in with registrars and it would support other registrars, you know, uh, for other people and automatically use those API keys or whatever to suck in what you have. So you wouldn't even have to go through the manual process of entering them in each time, although you could, but like it'd be, you know, it'd be, it, to me it'd be like better if I could just like do a sync process because most of the registrars do have APIs so that you could, you know, get access to see, you know, what you have. Um, so there, you know, in, in theory, you could you could do all this. And the only reason I, I'm I'm feeling like I have to do this myself is that I've like looked and there just isn't anything that does really what I want that to do, um, and, and that, that doesn't have a user interface out of like Windows XP, right, 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 or like 2006 or whatever, and. You know, and I, uh, it could be a web app. It doesn't really need to be. This would honestly, I was thinking about it when I was kind of like drawing out like what I would want. I've wanted to kind of build an Electron app for a while, even though I know people shit on Electron. I feel like it'd be interesting to learn more JavaScript and to, I don't know, it feels like this would be a simple CRUD app idea to do with Electron, but I don't know. Yeah. 
Do you, do you, the, so past tense, you want to know what my favorite domain I had was? Yes, I do. It was down rabbit holes with the dot ES. Oh, that's good. But the dot ES TLD is too expensive to keep if you're not actually doing something with the site. It was going to be like my place where I posted all of my projects that maybe didn't end like so on my blog i generally try to finish a project and make it usable by as many people as possible before i post it but i have all of these like i'll spend a weekend playing with an idea that doesn't go anywhere but i learned a lot on the way so i was going to use down rabbit holes to like post my failed mad science experiments but i didn't i like that I like that. But yeah, I'm trying to think what my favorite was. Um, okay, my favorite was, and this was a really good idea. This was an idea that I actually should have probably quit my job and dedicated towards taking a Y Combinator or something because ironically, after I'd had the idea and after I'd bought the domain, a number of different companies tried to do the same thing and did get into Y Combinator and did get a bunch of VC funding. And the way I wanted to do it, I still think was better. I don't know if I would have been any more successful than either of them were, but the the uh, my concept I think was better. I just didn't know if I wanted to dedicate my life to this, and now I feel like I missed an opportunity to at least make some money or have an exit of some sort. Um, so when I was living in New York, especially like we had like delivery laundry service because we didn't have um, laundry in the building and dragging you know lots of you know pounds of laundry like even a few blocks is not a great experience. So, you know, we'd call like the local place and they would do it. But my idea was like I wanted like an Uber for laundry delivery. And and the idea is, is less needed now, although it, it would have been interesting during COVID times, uh, too, for certain people, um, just because a lot of laundry services are online. But at this point, there weren't. And so I kind of wanted a hybrid between seamless and Uber for laundry delivery. So the idea would be we'd contact a local place. And they would use their delivery system. Some of the other companies that did try to do this made the mistake of hiring their own drivers. And, and my thought was, no, most of these services already have their own driver networks. Let them use that and, and don't you know do that. Just, just be more of like the what Seamless was originally. Seamless now does have their own drivers. But historically, they'd worked with, at least originally, like um, in New York and places like that, like they'd worked with places that had their own delivery networks. And, you know, just contact out the process of being able to get your laundry done. But then my idea was like you could specialize if you had special requests, how you wanted things done, if you wanted, you know, things separated, if you wanted like if they offered different pressing services or other stuff, you could pay upsells for that and then, you know, do it all on the app. And the the domain, the idea was uh, that I would call it launder.me. And so it was L-A-U-N-D-R which granted this was like a decade ago. So made more sense then, but (laughs) launder.me and, and I, I don't know. I, I, I had that domain for a while and I still feel like that was a really clever idea, but also a really good domain name. Do you want to hear another story? I do. This will be short. Um, so I don't know if you remember Marky, my, uh, web service that it was like an API that you could use to turn web pages into Markdown. I do. I remember Marky. And so the main domain for it was, uh, still is, but it's broken right now, um, markdownrules.com. And when you go there, it gives you a choice between um, I like to swear or I like to talk like Sarah Palin. And depending on which one you click, it either takes you to fuckyeahmarkdown.com or it takes you to heckyesmarkdown.com. And then oh, that's so good. They both run out of the same directory, but I used basically a uh, localization system. So it detects which domain it's on and delivers different strings based on the domain, which is fun because like I could write, you know, like this is fucking great on on one and heck yes, I sure love this on the other one. And it would just translate for whichever domain was viewing it. I thought it was pretty clever. I I really should fix Murky. I get a lot of emails about that still, wa- wondering why it doesn't work. But yeah, you should either fix it or you should like make it clear that it's not working anymore. Yeah, but I, I've never deprecated an API before. I've never sunset an API. I don't know how. I do know how. I've watched you it happen many times. I was gonna say you watch it happen. You you say thank you for your support over the years. We're not. 
Yeah. Thank, thank you for using my free service and then complaining about it. Right. Yeah. There, there's a new, uh, there's a new node-based serve. I can't remember what it's called now, but there's basically someone made Marky and they made it into a, a like self-hosted API. And like they weren't inspired by Marky. I'm sure they did this entirely on their own. But sure. I really think that I could probably replace Marky with this node application. I should revive it. People people liked it. People people enjoyed it. I mean, if you wanted to, I say you could revive it. But also, if you don't have the bandwidth, if you don't want to do it, I feel like the right thing to do is to at least update the page so that people, if they do run across it, know why it's not working. I mean, they'll figure it out, but... I could convert it to just be about how much I love Markdown, just a static page about how much I love Markdown and call it the the former home of Marky the markdown Fire. My kitten, who is now a young cat, she has grown Mm -hmm. a lot, but behind my monitor is a mess of cables. And to be fair, I have spent over $100 on cable ties and... Uh, uh, double stick tape and and larger power strips that can be mounted under my like I'm gonna take care of this, but as of right now, it's a nest of cables behind my displays, and the kitten has found that the power strip there keeps things just a little warm, so she digs into the cables. I posted a picture to Instagram this morning. She just like nests in the cables, and it looks. Uh, yes, I am a little concerned she'll get electrocuted, but she d- she doesn't like fiddle with the power strip or anything. I will I will fix the issue. Uh, my cat will not be toasted, but right now it's kind of adorable. That is very cute. Also, I got so I have gone through four different cough buttons since I switched to XLR microphones because with an XLR mic you can no longer use things like shush on your Mac. Right. And then I had a power mute, uh, like foot pedal that was really great with my last microphone. But then when I got the pod mic, the power mute caused a hum. So I switched to the Rolls mic switch and it, ah. it pads the volume, but it doesn't give you a complete cutoff. So I finally found the solution. I got a Rolls push to talk XLR AB switch and you can just leave the B output empty. So when you when you hit the big sturdy button, it switches from A to the empty channel, completely cuts off the mic, like completely disconnects it. And you can cough and laugh and and snicker and do whatever you need to do off the mic and then just flip it back. Plus it has a light to show you when you're when you're hot. Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I you, I you should link li- link to that because yes, does it I'll, only work with the with, does it only work with the pod mic or does it oh, work with no, other mics as well? No, it's it's an XLR switch. It'll work with any XLR setup. Okay, cuz I like this idea because I'm still finalizing my setup that I already spent money on months and months ago, but that's a whole other story. But when I finally fit, get that configured the way I want it to, that would be nice both for professional but also for work purposes because sometimes I would very much like to other than relying on the mute button, which can yeah. be problematic. Yeah. I would very much like to know that I'm just not connected. Yeah. And and that way, if I need to curse or well, whatever. What happens to me on Zoom is I'll go on mute because I'm not like an active part of whatever meeting. And I'll, I'll, I'll have other windows open. I'll be listening in the background. And then someone will ask me a question. And I have to scramble to get back to yes. Zoom and find the mute button so I can respond yes. to a question. Now... I just leave myself unmuted on Zoom and just hit this button on my desk and I can see right away that I am muted or unmuted. And when someone asks me a question, I just reach over to my right, click a button and talk. It's, it's nice. nice. It is nice. And and then, yeah, you don't have any of the weird things, too, where people are, you know, cause, and I'm sure this really everybody in listening can relate to this. But where somebody starts talking, you hear nothing and everyone starts screaming, you're on mute. Uh, if you work in a corporation that has been doing Zoom meetings for a year, people are pretty good about waiting for one person to say you're on mute. Like usually yeah. there's like a hierarchy to who talks in a meeting. 
Um, so you don't get everyone screaming all at once, but yes, I've definitely experienced the, the, uh, the cacophony of you're on mutes. Yeah. I mean, even, I, if you, I mean, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I definitely work at a corporation that has been on teams, zoom, whatever a lot. And the cacophony has gotten better, but it still happens. And it's certainly still one of those things where, yeah, you'll, it'll just come out regardless. You have like the, the sponging of people either typing or saying or whatever. Yeah. Um, that that's been an interesting thing to observe, but yeah, then you don't have to worry about that because you just have the button. I guess then the only thing would be to let people know, like, don't mute me manually. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you do that mute all thing, you don't really have a choice, but that's true. And if you do that, that's fine. Cause then they can unmute all or whatever, but you still don't have to go through the process of, of having to, you know, find the button when you're in another tab and on yeah. another screen. And because that's frustrating because and a lot of times like the the way the button will appear, you know, I'm watching things, but I don't have my own access to my controls, you know, so I've got to like pull it up and, and pull up a different part of the Chrome, you know, stuff to even be able to unmute myself, which which is the problem. Did I mention Aaron's vocabulary? My coworker. Aaron. You did not. Oh, my God. You did not. Like I. I have a good vocabulary. The first thing people tell me after they meet me is I was impressed with your vocabulary. Like it's not, it's not shoddy. I know, I know a lot of words, but she, I have to use a dictionary sometimes when, when I read her stuff because she knows words that I have never heard before. And she is very well-spoken and it is very intimidating. Nice. I feel out 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 outclassed it's good yeah. she's she's super nice though that's awesome well props to you aaron for having better vocabulary than than brett i like that what's a, what was a word that you had to look up i'm just curious oh what there was one yesterday that meant uh three parts i i've already forgotten it it didn't sink in yet it was tr- tr- try something uh trifecta no no it was not a word you've heard okay it, I swear it was a, a, a weird word. Like, absolutely, it was in the dictionary, but I had never heard it before. So so what we're saying is Aaron is the hell of a Scrabble player. Oh, I bet. I bet. Uh, so I play uh, letterpress still with, uh, with L. And L is very patient with just trying letter combinations until it accepts it. Mm-hmm. Um, and will, like... <laughs> will like leave a perfectly good word because she thinks she could use two more letters if she just keeps trying every possible combination. And and she wins that way because I don't have that kind of patience. Um, I don't know why that just came to mind. Oh, yeah. Vocabularies. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. It's weird. Like I'm a, I'm I have a I think I have a very good vocabulary. Uh, I don't think mine is as good as Aaron, but I have a very good vocabulary. I'm not great. I'm not terrible at Scrabble, but I'm not like great at Scrabble. And I don't know if it's because I don't always know the right spelling of things or what. But uh, I can get my ass kicked handily by people like when I used to play Scrabble online or whatever. I would get my ass kicked sometimes by people who I went to high school with, and I'm like, I know. I know, Jody, that you were like a burnout stoner and not in like a I'm I'm too good for this kind of smart kind of like Kurt Cobain kind of way, but in a in a like like you were like a legit like stoner stoner like 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 you know uh, Sean Penn from Fast Times at Richmond High uh, kind of way, right? Like you know, so and you're like kicking my ass, and I'm like, okay, well, lesson learned there. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't played Scrabble enough to know if I'm any good at it, but I do like letterpress. Yeah. I like letterpress too. I haven't played that in a while. Now I kind of want to play that, but that's not one of those games that I can play while doing other things because I have to think. Everyone else stopped playing with me and I don't know if people just got bored or if I was winning too much or if I wasn't winning and I don't know, but all my friends dropped off and I had to like cajole L into playing letterpress with me. Cause I really enjoy That's it funny. and nobody else will. John uh, Gruber beat me by playing the word fuck off, which I did not, I did not realize was a real word. And I wasn't sure if I should take it personally that he ended the game with fuck off, but apparently fuck off is a word 
and you can use it to win at letterpress and it was it was epic like i gotta hand it to that's him. so that good is, that that's, is like I mean, the word to win on i was amazed i mean that's honestly very very good and i'm actually very happy to to, to know that that was there because that's actually really funny <laughs> keep that in your back pocket so when the board comes up that has all the the, the requisite letters in it you can play that and look like a god. That sounds good. All right. Should we call like it? That. Yeah, I think we should call it. I was going to try to think if we had anything else we could stretch to get to our hour. This is a weird show. We both had busy weeks. And um, uh, so sorry for listeners for that. We'll be back to normal next week. But yeah, I think we should probably call it. We, we can't promise that. Things could be even weirder next week. Well, I'm not going to be in another state and coming off of like... I know for me, my situation is not going to be as weird. So yeah, at I, least I, one of us. I have no guarantee. You have no guarantee, and that's completely fine. It's just like both of us are off. When we're both off, like because usually when one of us is off, the other one can compensate. This is a situation where like we're both off. Uh, also, uh, I, I don't know. Um, actually, I, let me ask you this because I can't remember. When you guys did all of your sitcom rewatches, did you rewatch Friends? Were you yay or nay on Friends? I can't remember. I I really don't have. I I saw. I watched all of Friends once. I'm not interested in going back, nor okay. in the reunion. That, okay, because I I've been meaning to watch the reunion came out yesterday. I haven't had a chance to watch it, and I'm going to try to watch it sometime like today or tomorrow. But I didn't know if if you and L were going to watch the reunion or not. I I highly doubt it. Uh, L has surprised me lately. She there's this show like. Everything we're watching right now is on Peacock. It's the one streaming service that I have like no guilt about paying for because like I'm right now we're going through uh, Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Rushford Falls and and uh, I'm starting on to that Girls 5 Eva show, but I'm doing that without her. She lost interest and I lost interest in the show called Resident Alien it seemed like a really shitty show to me, but she kept at it. And she says that she fell in love with it before the season ended. So I, I might give it another shot. I got enough to do though. Yeah. Anyway, it's a hard thing. Friends you, is not currently on our list. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, cause I, I don't know. I haven't even kept up with the Twitter, like a uh, discourse. I'm sure everybody's going to claim they hated it, even though, like you're all liars. It's kind of like the Hamilton thing. Like there were so many bad Hamilton takes after Hamilton came to Disney plus. And I was like, where the fuck were you all five years ago? Genuinely. Like it was like, I had a real question last summer. I was like, this has all been debated over and over and over and over and over and over again. So I'm kind of anticipating that same sense of just exhaustion for any of the friends discourse. It's like, yes, we all know how problematic the show was in some ways. And in other ways, you're frankly being too precious about it like get over it it was a sitcom the big bang theory in my opinion far more problematic uh and uh you know went on for a similar length of time and um people for whatever reason still love the fucking young sheldon show like it got a spinoff weird as hell as that is which i've never seen and will never see how like, I, I, I hate your myself mother how i met your mother holds the record for me for the most problematic show that i somehow didn't see as problematic when it was on yeah the yeah amount, i would agree with that uh, the amount of rape insinuation in that show oh, is mind boggling 100% also ted is a gross guy yeah like like and we talked about it some when it was out but we kind of for whatever reason would ignore it and it's like ted is gross there's nothing redeemable about Ted. Ted is a gross guy. Ted is like a weirdo who you understand why, you know, he he can't find this quote unquote soulmate or whatever. And then the ending, the ending, which was just, I think, the worst sitcom ending of all time. I have erased like, the ending from my mind. And when we decided to go back and watch it again, we realized so quickly that it was problematic enough that we couldn't actually in good conscience keep going. So I've, I've, I never got to the ending and I've forgotten what happens. Don't tell me, don't spoil it. I'll never get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's easily one of the worst, um, TV endings ever. And, and it's, and it's a, not in a good way. Like sometimes you have like the surprise endings that are fun, like, like, uh, you know, the new heart with him waking up with his wife from the Bob Newhart show or, um, what was it? Um, 
the hospital one. Fuck, I can't think of the name of it. Um, St. Elsewhere. No, St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere, where it turned out the whole thing was like the whole series was like in like the mind of the autistic kid. And uh, which was kind of cool. And there there have been some other ones like where you've had like these really kind of like flippant, like kind of weird, kind of like funny kind of endings. This was not that this was like retconning an entire relationship that was on the show for a long time, completely changed the nature of things. And I don't, it was just, it was not, it was not good. And they had no reason to do it the way that they did it. That um, awful. Yeah. It was just bad. Like uh, the, the, yeah, it was one of those things where even the diehard and I had stopped watching the show years previously. And when I saw the ending and I was just like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Really? To this point now that when people bring up how I met your mother and, and even any of the other stuff, cause it just didn't age well. But even putting all that aside, I'm like, yeah, after the ending, it kind of ruined my ability to ever go back and watch it again, to be honest. Now, now it sounds so morbidly bad that I'm almost curious if I should just go back and watch the last episode. You should. You absolutely <sighs> should. Uh, you should, like, watch, like, the last 10 minutes, like, la- last five minutes, I guess, because <laughs> it's really, wow. Okay. Wow. We said we were going to quit, and then pop culture happened. And then pop culture happened. Like, and, sure, yep. 90s pop culture, but still pop culture. Uh, no, that was aughts pop culture. Thank you. Was it really? Yes, it was. The show came out in like 2004, huh. 2005. Yeah. It all seems so long ago to me. No, that's, I think, why, why it makes the problematic aspects that much funnier because it was like a modern show. Like, it's like friends, you can at least say, and back then people did comment on the fact that they had no black friends. And they even had the, the show itself even had to comment on that, right? And that their apartments were the wrong sizes and all that stuff and some of the other issues. Like, that stuff was all well trodden territory, uh, even when the show was on the air. But some of the stuff I think people go back and in retrospect, I'm like, okay, now you're really just being ridiculous because these were things that were very standard of every sitcom of the era. And the reason Friends gets a disproportionate amount of the hate, in my opinion, are two reasons. One, the show was so beloved and so huge and so massive that, of course, there's going to be a backlash to anything that is that sure. popular and and that maintains weird popularity amongst younger people who were not even alive like when it went on the air the first time sometimes even people who weren't even on the air uh, weren't even alive when it went off the air you know it maintains one of those things i mean i i contend that it is i think that the real answer to this is that the big bang theory is the last great american sitcom but i i think that friends is at least for me the one because it is the big bang theory that is the correct answer that is the that is the answer even if i don't want it to be but it is one of the last great American sitcoms and and you will never have a show like it again. And you'll never have a show like big bang theory again, either. It's just those things won't happen again, culturally. Um, friends, I think maybe more than big bang, there were, uh, like Korean and, and I, I think some other like international versions of, of big bang theory, but it was, it didn't resonate the same way. Whereas you had foreign version of friends that went on for a long time. And you even had like the UK version of friends then became like, Tried, they tried to then bring it back to the U.S. as another show, too, and that, that didn't work, but uh, coupling. but um, Kind of like coupling. Yeah, I, I did, too. But but coupling was, make no mistake, it was a it was a U.K. Friends ripoff. And, uh, and my, my point being, like, like Friends, like, was this big cultural phenomenon, uh, you know, on kind of another level. And so that means it's going to get a much bigger proportion of backlash from people who are like, oh, well, people talk about it and it was overrated and this and that. And was it? Yes, it was overrated even at the time. Seinfeld and other shows were better. News Radio, which debuted about the same time, highly superior show on NBC. But News Radio is a much more niche audience and is never going to be that big, you know, like everybody can watch this thing. It's just, it's different. But so some of it, I I get why that happens. And the other thing though, is that it's just like, but it annoys me. I I get why people do it, but, but it annoys me because I look at something like how I met your mother which debuted in a time when a lot of the things that they were insinuating and doing were not okay. And yet we laughed. And I remember being somewhat uncomfortable with some of it, but also sort of like just accepting that it was a thing. But it wasn't as if rape culture was an acceptable thing in 2005, because it wasn't. It's just for whatever reason, that show got away with it because it was it wasn't indie, but it was indie enough. It was like, you know, like. It was one of those shows that like, yeah, it, it debuted in 2005. And so it, it was one of the first CBS sitcoms that wasn't um, like, uh, you know, everybody loves Raymond or any of that bullshit. So, you know, and they, they played they had decent music and and had some actors like like Jason Siegel and, and, and stuff that like, people liked. And so I don't know, I feel like people gave it a pass 
even at the time more than than they should have. But and now I went another five minutes. So that was I'm done we we okay. So I told Aaron that she it it would it might take a while, but she would get to experience your depth of knowledge, and you just <laughs> you just brought it. You you just did some classic Christina shit there. This is why I got a mute button. You get going, and I just I click it, and I just I just ah. let you I let you go. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm sure you're worn out. I am. Get some. Sleep. I'm gonna go hang with the baby. Thank you. Thank you. But you get some sleep. So you have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. The system is going down low.